your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 627 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we have part two of a two-parter. We are going to be taking a look at the five best New York Ranger wins from this preceding season. Always a lot of fun to kind of look back at the highlights and the best moments and the most fun moments uh, from any season that concludes. And that is especially true when you have a season where the Rangers, against all odds, make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. Like I said, this is part two of a two-parter. You could start with part one uh, that was posted last week. And in that episode, we go from number 10 down to number six. And today we're going to go from number five all the way to number one. The only real ground rule here is that I decided to limit this countdown to one game per playoff series. Because if I didn't do that, I'd probably end up with eight playoff games in this top 10 list here. And I want to kind of encompass the entire season. So uh, that's the one ground rule that we've got here. We'll start, we'll just dive right into it here. Number five on the countdown, fifth best win of the season for the New York Rangers. That would be on January 2nd, a four nothing blanking at home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Rangers played the Lightning twice in three days here in this stretch, and they won both of those games. This was actually the second of those two games. The Rangers were coming off of a 4-3 shootout win in Tampa uh, two days prior on New Year's Eve. And in that game, the Rangers posted one of their many come-from-behind victories of the year. Uh, they came storming back in that one. Goals from Lafreniere, uh, two goals from Barclay Goodrow. Lightning tied it late in the third period. This is the New Year's Eve game, by the way. We'll get to the one that's actually on this countdown in a second. But the Lightning tied it on a late goal by Corey Perry. Uh, you get a scoreless overtime period. And then the only goal of the shootout comes with Mika Zibanejad shooting third for the Rangers. He scored, uh, went to his left, really kind of sold that he was going to go to his backhand, quickly brought it back to his forehand, snapped a quick shot, gave the Rangers the 3-0 win. Uh, I bring up uh, this first game here because, you know, naysayers for the Rangers might point to the fact that in this first matchup between the Rangers and Lightning, the one on New Year's Eve, the Rangers were going up against Brian Elliott. Andre Vasilevsky did not play in this game. Now imagine if this game was on ESPN, how many times Ray Ferraro would have mentioned that Andre Vasilevsky did not play in this game. But that's beside the point. Staying on topic here, uh, you know, there were no such issues, no such, you know, controversy or no such reasons to kind of downplay the Rangers win here because Andre Vasilevsky played in this game on January 2nd. And you figure, you know, the Rangers, they sneak out a shootout win in Tampa. This is all set up for the Lightning to bounce back and win this game, especially when you consider that Artemi Panarin did not play in this game for the New York Rangers. So the Rangers are without their best player. Didn't matter. They won the game 4 nothing, and they really jumped all over Tampa Bay in this game. They scored three goals in the first period. Uh, Mika Zibanejad scored twice in the first 13 minutes. Both of his goals came on the power play. First one, he just let it rip from the left circle. Wasn't a one-timer, just let it fly. Uh, the second was a four-on-three power play for the Rangers. Mika tried to pass, and it deflected in. He was trying to get it to Capo Caco on the other side of the net, off a defender, into the net. So that made it 2-0. Uh, Ryan Strom then made it 3-0. And then Mika completes the hat trick in this game. Uh, he made a great defensive play, prevented a clear. The puck went to Chris Kreider. Kreider made a pass. 
to his right across the crease to Mika Zibanejad, taps it in from the doorstep, and the Rangers win 4 nothing. Rangers were outshot 38-21 to in this game, but it did not matter because Igor Shesterkin was doing Igor Shesterkin things. He was brilliant. He had a 38-save shutout and uh, obviously outdueled Andre Vasilevsky on this particular night. And, you know, the reason this is so high on the countdown, I mean, look, you're up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You already beat them in their building, and now you prove that it was not a fluke. And, you know, you edge them out in their building, and then you just completely dominate in Madison Square Garden. I realize, you know, the Stanley Cup final concluded last night. Congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche winning that series in six games. I'm happy it went that way. I mean, obviously, I would have rather the Rangers won the Cup, but... I didn't need to see Tampa win the Stanley Cup for three consecutive years. I'm sure a lot of people probably share those sentiments. Um, but yeah, you know, despite Tampa not winning at all this year, they've been the golden standard in this league over the past few seasons. And for the Rangers to, like I said, go out there, essentially just dominate the game. You know, I realized Tampa outshot them by a wide margin, but the Rangers were obviously very opportunistic. Mika Zibanejad had just an absolutely brilliant performance for the Rangers with a hat trick. Uh, just a big-time statement win for this New York Ranger team, uh, erasing all doubt that, you know, they could play against teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they went toe-to-toe with them in the Eastern Conference Final as well. Probably going to be more uh, about that series in a little bit on this countdown as well. And we'll get to that and the rest of the uh, top five New York Ranger wins of the season in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, we'll just keep this countdown moving right along here and jump up to number four, the fourth best win of the season for the New York Rangers. I'm going to take you guys back to Thanksgiving Eve, or rather the day after Thanksgiving. This actually was a day game for the Rangers. They were in Boston, and they post a 5-2 to two win against the Boston Bruins. First of all, let's just get this out of the way. I don't think there are too many Ranger fans that are big fans of the Boston Bruins. I don't think there are any non-Bruins fans that are big fans of the Boston Bruins. Like, the Bruins are nobody's second or third favorite team. That just, no, no way. That just does not exist. Those people in this world do not exist. Um, so there's that. I mean, just the fact that you see the Rangers get a win against a team that uh, you don't particularly like. Obviously, the New York-Boston rivalry, it's alive and well in every sport, pretty much. And it's just a great win for the Rangers. You know, they trailed twice in this game, one nothing. They came back and tied it down two nothing or two to one rather. They came back and tied it again. Uh, they were down one nothing in the first period. We get Dryden Hunt to our Temi Panarin to Ryan Strom. Strom ties the game at one, which is six seconds remaining in the first period. A big goal there because you know the Bruins had mostly had the better of play in the first period, so it was pretty big to steal a goal late and not the score up going into the first intermission there. But then the Rangers once again trailing in the second period. This time two to one. You get Fox to Lindgren to Dryden Hunt. Lindgren took a big slap shot. The save was made and. Dryden Hunt was there to stuff in, uh, you know, the rebound. So look at Dryden Hunt stuffing the score sheet there for the New York Rangers. This was during that time. I'm almost positive this was during that time when he was on the same line as Panarin and Strom, which even though you would rather have somebody with more offensive prowess playing with Panarin and Strom and playing on your second line, 
it's kind of one of those examples why sports are just awesome because Dryden Hunt goes from a guy that's basically an NHL, AHL swingman, a complete afterthought. I had barely heard of him when the Rangers picked him up in free agency this past offseason. And there he is getting a chance to play with Artemi Panarin. So that's pretty cool. And obviously taking advantage of that opportunity uh, in this game here, uh, you know, having a hand in both of the Rangers' first two goals and helping them tie the game at 2-2. Two to two. Another big game for Igor Shesterkin. The biggest takeaway from this game for me, though, is just the simple fact that this really felt like the game where you felt like, man, the Rangers are, are for real. Like I said, this is late November, so we're less than two months into the season. You know, the Rangers are winning games. A lot of it has to do with Igor Shesterkin, but this is the part of the season where I just started believing, like, man, this, this team, you know, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. And there were a couple of Rangers who mentioned this after the game. Ryan Strom, I believe, was one of them. But, you know, a couple of seasons ago, maybe even as recently as last season— tie game, third period against the Boston Bruins. Not sure how that one's going to turn out for the Rangers. It might not turn out very well, um, but obviously, you know, they found a way to get it done this season, and to me, this just kind of signaled a changing of the guard, that not only are the Rangers not going to be pushed around by a team like the Bruins anymore, not only are they not going to be punked out by the Bruins anymore, they might just be flat out better than the Bruins, which after watching this past season, yeah, the Rangers were a better team than the Bruins. Obviously, they fared better in the playoffs than the Bruins did, and the Rangers uh, got a big win here on the road, and, you know, a clutch win as well. It goes into the third period, like I mentioned. Uh, at the time, it was tied at 2-2, two to two, and the Rangers explode for three goals down the stretch in this game. You get Artemi Panarin scoring 11-35 into the third period. That made the score 3-2 in favor of the Bruins. You get Alexi Lafreniere at 16-22. Gautier with the primary assist on both of these two goals, Panarin and Lafreniere, by the way. And then Trubet, 19-23, sealing the deal with the uh, final goal, making it 5-2. to two. And this game will also be remembered for what happened uh, in the final few seconds there. You've got Brad Marchand saying stuff to Artemi Panarin. Nobody in your country likes you or whatever that clown was saying. But uh, Artemi Panarin responds by throwing his glove at Brad Marchand. I think my favorite part of Panarin doing that, I mean, that's great just in and of itself that Panarin did that to Marchand. I just finally heard enough from this guy. But my favorite part of that is right after Panarin throws his glove, he basically was standing there. You know, they were both on the, the sides of their, their respective benches. And he was like, yo, give me my glove back. Like, as soon as he threw it, he was, like, telling him to give him his glove back. I just thought that was funny and uh, just a perfect exclamation point on what was a fantastic win for the Rangers and a win that I think really set the tone for the rest of the Rangers season. One of those games where you just look at it and say, man, you know, I think this team's legit. I think uh, they're going to be for real this year. They will be a playoff team, and maybe they'll even be able to do some damage uh, once they get into the playoffs. And we will... Keep this list moving along. We'll move up to uh, number three, the bronze medal of sorts. That would be game one at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final, a 6-2 victory for the New York Rangers. You know, coming into this series, everybody thought Tampa was just going to squash the Rangers. Nobody thought the Rangers should or could or would be there, you know, in the Eastern Conference Final, making a kind of run that they did. Uh, the Rangers end up winning, or excuse me, Tampa ends up winning the series in six games, of course. Uh, but this was just so much fun to see the Rangers start the Eastern Conference Final completely dominating the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Just completely lit up Andre Vasilevsky in this game. Uh, you know, the Rangers went up 1-0, Tampa tied it. They went up 2-1, Tampa tied it again, but it was all Rangers after that. And if you guys remember, coming into this game, the overwhelming narrative was that, oh man, you know, Tampa, they just swept the Panthers. They won the President's Trophy. They embarrassed the Panthers. They knocked them right out of the playoffs, and no one could possibly stop the Lightning, certainly not the Rangers, that 
Tampa Bay Lightning, they're rested, they're refreshed, they're going to go in there and take advantage of a tired Rangers team that went to seven games in both of the two preceding rounds, and uh, that simply did not happen. The Rangers took total control of this game, and as that started to happen, as the Rangers went up 3-2, to two, as they went up 4-2, to two, as they went up 5-2, to two, the narrative all of a sudden changed, right? It went from Tampa is going to destroy the Rangers because Tampa is rested to oh, well, the Rangers, you know, they're only winning this game because Tampa Bay is rusty. And look, maybe Tampa was rusty. It's possible. You know, I think in general, rest is probably a good thing in the playoffs, but maybe not so much when you have like nine or 10 days off or whatever it was for Tampa Bay. But if you listen to certain people talk about this game, that was supposedly the only reason why the Rangers were dominating the game. Tampa must be rusty. And, you know, it's, it's not like the Rangers were dominating the game because they just have a heck of a hockey team and we're playing a whale of a game and that they were ready to go at the opening face-off for game one here and Tampa simply was not. Can't possibly be because of that reason. But yeah, I mean, the Rangers, they get goals from Chris Kreider, Frank Vetrano, uh, Philip Heedle. Then Philip Heedle scored again just five minutes later. Then Panarin, then Mika Zibanejad. So the stars were out for the New York Rangers. That second Heedle goal, by the way, that was uh, the shift, quote-unquote, as it was dubbed by Ranger fans. That's when the kid line was on the ice, absolutely just swarming in the offensive zone, just refusing to give up the, the puck. Uh, and then obviously scoring a really important goal there, boosting the Ranger lead from 3-2 up to 4-2. That was awesome because the Rangers just outworked Tampa on that play. We're basically skating circles around them. Just absolutely, Truba was in there too. You know, obviously he's a defenseman, but he had a hand in this as well. Uh, just refusing to give up possession of the puck. And then Philip Hedl continuing his breakout playoff run here and scoring a goal that made the Rangers uh, lead increase to 4-2. to So uh, just really good stuff. You know, we had the Igor's better chance coming from the Madison Square Garden faithful, and of course, he was better on this night, stopped 37 of 39 shots. The Rangers, meanwhile, uh, lit up Andre Vasilevsky for six goals on 34 shots. And I know a lot of people were, you know, especially when Tampa started to come back in this series, it was, oh man, you shouldn't have poked the bear, you should let a sleeping dock lie. Uh, I get that to a certain extent, but by that same token, I don't think that these chants really had much of anything to do with Tampa Bay coming back to win the series. I think it's more just the fact that Tampa's a really, really good hockey team and started playing like it and just were able to defeat a New York Ranger team that didn't have the playoff experience that the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, currently have. So I don't think there was too much to it beyond that. Like I said, I, it, I think it's kind of irrelevant. I find it really hard to believe that Andre Vasilevsky got motivation from this. I mean, this guy's a two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. I would imagine he gets plenty of motivation just from the concept of winning a third straight Stanley Cup. I don't think these chants really uh, fueled him or anything like that. I think they were probably harmless, probably didn't matter too much one way or the other. I got a kick out of it personally because Igor was awesome in this game and really the first two games of the series. I mean, he was awesome for pretty much the entire Tampa Bay series. I mean, he really kind of stood on his head. Game six was a game where, uh, you know, the Rangers were badly outplayed and he kept the minute. Igor Shosturkin was awesome in this series. It's just a case where the Rangers, uh, you know, the well kind of ran dry as far as the Rangers being able to uh, score some goals and even produce any real quality scoring opportunities. Goals were really, really hard to come by for the Rangers. Uh, down the stretch in this series. But yeah, I mean, fans are going to have some fun. And obviously that was a case of that right there, them chanting the, uh, the Igor's better chance. And we're going to continue talking about the now best two wins of the season for the New York Rangers. We will get to the top two wins in just a second here. All right, number two, best win of the season for the New York Rangers. I'm going to go with game seven at the Carolina Hurricanes, a 6-2 win on the road. It was also the only road win of the entire series of the seven games. You know, I thought about going with game six of this series over game seven because remember, you know, I'm only allowing one win per playoff series onto this list. So I gave some consideration to game six because obviously without the Rangers winning game six in Madison Square Garden, there is no game seven. So 
Game 6 takes on its own importance due to that. Uh, the Raiders in Game 6 faced elimination for the fourth time already in the playoffs, and for the fourth time, obviously, they won. Uh, really a cool moment in Game 6 with Tyler Mott stealing the puck, scoring unassisted, and opening the scoring for the Raiders in Game 6. He pointed to the heavens uh, because his, I forget if it's his wife or his fiance, but uh, her grandmother had recently passed away. So obviously a very emotional moment there for Tyler Mott. Couldn't have been happier for him. Just a guy who works his tail off and was really happy to see him score a big goal in a big spot for the New York Rangers. He deserved a moment like that. Uh, then after that, you had Mika scoring on the power play. You had two goals from Filipino in the second period. This is all game six, by the way. And then Panarin scoring in the third period on the power play to make the score five to two and close out the scoring. Igor Shesterkin, by the way, had two assists in game six. But, you know, none of this that happened in game six here would have really mattered as much had the Rangers then not won game seven against the Canes. You know, the stage was set. And at the time, I remember saying this on the podcast and pretty much to anybody who would listen. Um, you know, home team winning every single game of a playoff series, that's not really a hockey thing. I mean, obviously it can happen, but it doesn't happen that often. That's more of an NBA thing where obviously the home team has a pretty massive advantage. And also, you know, not that this was going to impact the outcome of this game, but the last time the Rangers were in a series where the home team had won all of the first six games, the Rangers went into D.C. and they beat the Washington Capitals 5 to nothing to advance to the second round. I just had a feeling that, you know, history was going to somewhat repeat itself here. The Rangers would claim uh, a tough road win, and what a fun game this was because the Rangers, right from the opening faceoff, they just looked like the sharper team, uh, the faster team, the more desperate team, the whole nine yards, and you know, there's that old hockey saying that you need your best players to be your best players come Stanley Cup playoff time, and that's definitely true. A lot of the star players on the Rangers certainly had their fair share of ups and downs, but man, pretty much everybody that you would hope would come up big in a Game 7 did indeed come up big in a Game 7 for the New York Rangers in this one here. Rangers got off to a great start, a couple of power play goals in the first uh, 12 or so minutes. You had Adam Fox scoring at the tail end of a power play opportunity for the Rangers. You know, Frank Vetrano got the puck in the neutral zone, moved it up to Cop. Cop with a nice maneuvering near the Carolina blue line, got it over to Lafreniere, led him into the zone, and then Lafreniere with a great uh, drop pass for Adam Fox. Fox picks it up, moves towards the net, lets it fly, and scores. And then, you know, that happened just three minutes and changed into the game. And then less than eight minutes later, uh, you've got Kreider scoring on a deflection. Mika blasted a one-timer, and Kreider was right there on the doorstep to deflect it in. Another power play goal for the Rangers, up 2 to nothing at that point. You had Ryan Strom making it 3 nothing. I tweeted when this happened that it was the most Ryan Strom thing ever because he missed an easy tap-in goal from the doorstep. You know, he made a nice move and had pretty much a wide-open net, could not bury it, and I'm seeing this. I'm like, oh, my God, Ryan. Like, we're up 2 nothing. It's getting late in the second. Obviously, a third goal there is absolutely huge. But then the shift continues, and then Strom gets the puck back, moves it up the left side, lets it fly, and scores. So he misses the easy goal. He scores a more difficult goal with a really nice shot. Most Ryan Strom thing ever. Uh, you'll never convince me otherwise. But then, uh, 4 nothing. you got Chris Cryer just bolting up the left side. Nice move on the doorstep. And then you had uh, Vincent Trocek giving the Canes a glimmer of hope. He scores and cuts the lead to 4-1 to with a little bit less than 12 minutes remaining. And at this point, you know, the Rangers, obviously you're still in the driver's seat, but uh, there was Ray Ferraro. He, he mentioned something on commentary. He's like, you know, if you're the Canes, you think if we could just score one more goal here in the next five minutes, and then as soon as he got to that point, the Rangers scored a goal. Kako forced the turnover, got the puck to Filipino. Filipino just ripped it and scored, made it 5-1. to one. 
Uh, Carolina eventually closed the 5-2, but then you have Andrew Kopp scoring an empty netter to make it 6-2. And just like that, the Rangers eliminate the Canes. Complete and utter domination in Game 7 on the road. Igor Shesterkin was awesome again. And at this point, you're starting to believe the Rangers can actually do this. They can actually win the Stanley Cup this year. Now 5-0 in elimination games in this playoff run. And uh, Igor Shesterkin, obviously a big part of that, making 37 saves on 39 shots. And the Rangers are going to the Eastern Conference Final. And one aspect about this game that made it even more enjoyable for me, uh, and maybe for some of you guys as well, Ranger fans basically just completely invaded the arena. You know, they did their best to try to block out-of-towners from being able to get tickets for these games, the home games for the Carolina Hurricanes, but Ranger fans were out in full force. They were singing the goal song. There were Let's Go Ranger chants. There were Igor chants. Just a tremendously fun night of hockey. I almost wish I could enjoy it more than I do sometimes because, you know, even though the Rangers are up 4 nothing and there's only 12 or 13 minutes left, I mean, you just never know what can happen. You've got Igor Shesterkin. I mean, I, I probably should have figured that, okay, Igor's got us the rest of the way here. But, uh, yeah, you just never know in Stanley Cup playoff hockey, and I never really relax until that scoreboard says zero. I mean, I guess in this one, you go up 6-2, and and there's two minutes left. At that point was when I finally started to relax at least a little bit, and it's like, okay, we're going to win this game. We got a date with Tampa. The Canes are going home, and uh, this is a gritty, tough road win for the New York Rangers. But, yeah, man, there's there's times where I just wish I could enjoy these moments as they're happening a little bit more than I actually do. I'm, I'm sure some people can definitely relate to that as well. But that leads us to number one on this countdown, the best Ranger win of the season as far as I'm concerned. We'll get to that in just a second, actually. First, I do want to go through a couple of honorable mentions here. We did a couple of honorable mentions in our last episode. We're going to basically just zip right through these. Uh, January 24th, a 3-2 shootout win against the Los Angeles Kings. It was a six-round shootout. Fox won the game in the bottom of the sixth. You also had Panarin and Lafreniere scoring in the shootout. Both of them had to score uh, to keep the Rangers alive, and both of them did. And Lafreniere scored in the bottom of the fifth right after Quinton Byfield had scored. So you had the number two pick from 2020 going up against the number one pick from 2020, and both of them converted on their chance in the shootout. Uh, February 1st, a 5-2 win against the Panthers, a three-point night for Chris Kreider, another come-from-behind win. Uh, the Panthers were up 2-1 to one early in the second period. The Rangers came alive with three power play goals. Kreider was completely unstoppable in this game. And just a big win for the Rangers, taking down the eventual President's Trophy winners. Uh, March 2, a 3-2 win at home against the St. Louis Blues. Rangers were down 3-2 going into the third period. You know, they were up 2-0 in this game, and then they just had a disastrous final 2-30 of the second period where the Blues scored three goals to go up 3-2. The fact that the Rangers bounced back from that regroup, came back to win this game. You get goals from Nemeth, Kreider, and Panarin in the third period. And for Igor to go through that rough patch but still get the win, still stop 29-32 shots, that was awesome. Uh, we'll also go to March 19th, a 2-1 win at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Get a second period goal from Truba that tied the game. And then Mika scoring on the power play with just 16 seconds remaining to give the Rangers a 2-1 lead and improve them to 3-0 against the Lightning in the regular season. We'll throw out another one, 5-1 uh, at home against the Penguins on March 25th. The Rangers had been edged by the Penguins 1-0 earlier in the season uh, in Pittsburgh. And in this one, the Rangers basically just left no doubt. They completely overwhelmed the Penguins, uh, scored three goals in the first 4-16 of this game. Lafreniere, Kreider, and Vetrano all lighting the lamp. You also get goals from Kreider and Andrew Kopp. And again, the Rangers basically just skating circles around this team. And 
Another example of a nice bounce-back performance. The Rangers had lost 7-4 in New Jersey just uh, a couple of nights before this. And uh, the Rangers, like I said, they bounce back in a strong way and claim a decisive win over the despised Pittsburgh Penguins. And then also a 5-4 overtime win against the Red Wings. Just a crazy game. Kreider ties the game uh, with 338 left on the power play, his 46th goal of the season. And then in overtime, Panarin to Andrew Kopp. Those two had instant chemistry, and Panarin sets up Kopp for the overtime winner. It was a three-point night for Artemi Panarin as well. So those are your honorable mentions. And as far as playoff honorable mentions, we'll go with game six against the Canes and games five and six against the Penguins for sure. And that leads us to number one, the best win of the season for the New York Rangers. That would be game seven at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins, four to three in overtime. I mean, you talk about a game that, man, I mean, it just had a main event, big fight feel to it. You know what I mean? It just felt like this was a big time heavyweight slugfest. And it's one of the most emotionally charged playoff series that I can ever remember as long as I've been a Ranger fan, especially for a first-round matchup. And I tweeted this out after Game 2. You know, the Rangers won Game 2, and they cut the series—well, they didn't cut the series deficit. They, they tied the series at one game apiece at that point. But I tweeted out why I thought that emotions were running so high. I mean, to begin with, yes, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. But beyond that, you know, Penguin fans, they're aware of the fact that Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang are both impending unrestricted free agents. We'll see what ends up happening there. But they realize that, you know, this this trio that's been there, those two in Crosby, this could be their last uh, their last shot at it, their last chance of uh, making another run, their last chance of winning another cup. And so they were desperate to see this team at least get out of the first round and, you know, maybe make some noise and, and maybe go on some kind of a run here, one last run for that trio. And for Ranger fans, I think I can speak for a good portion of the fan base when I say that this was an emotionally charged series for us because, I mean, first of all, Rangers hadn't been in the playoffs in quite some time, not counting the bubble playoffs, of course. But beyond that, I think at this point, we all watched this team play, especially the second half of the season after the trades that they made. We knew this is a damn good hockey team. And we also knew that nobody, nobody outside of Ranger fans was giving this team any chance, was giving this team any respect. And it felt like they really needed to win this series in order to basically validate their season. And watching your team in such a nail-biter of a playoff series, just the stress that that inflicts upon you and just how bad you want to see your team get the win. But this just got so nasty between uh, the, the players on these teams and the fans on social media. I mean, listen, Twitter is not always the friendliest place in the world, far from it. But the things that these fans, both fan bases were saying to each other and the amount of smack being talked was just off the charts, even for Twitter. This was just, the intensity was off the charts, both on the ice and away from it, as far as, you know, the fans are concerned. Uh, but this Game 7 did not disappoint. This is everything that an NHL Stanley Cup playoff Game 7 should be. Just edge of your seat, nail-biting drama from the opening face-off right until the game was over. And to kind of just summarize the game and just kind of take us through it here. You had Mika to Chris Kreider for a one-timer goal, made it one to nothing in the first period. It's nice to actually play with a lead here because, you know, of course, I, I gave some consideration to going with games five or six for this list. Obviously, the Rangers were down by multiple goals in both those games. And of course, if you don't win game five and you don't win game six, there is no game seven. But uh, just the way this game unfolded, I had to make game seven my choice as the number one pick, uh, number one game of the year, rather, for the New York Rangers. But yeah, it was nice to actually see them play with a lead because, you know, for a while there, they were pretty much playing catch-up in games five and six and just having to basically pull off a miracle in both of those games. Uh, but yeah, they're up one nothing. Penguins make it 2-1 to one in the second period, and then the Rangers do get a little bit of a lucky break to tie the game. Keandre Miller took a shot from pretty far away. Puck took a 
pretty crazy bounce, went into the net, made it 2-2 two to two at that point. And then the Penguins in the second period, fairly late in the second period, Rangers are on the power play. And Evan Rodriguez scores a shorthanded goal for the Penguins to make it 3-2. to two. And I was sick at this point because, uh, you know, Philip Heedle, he had a turnover. He was trying to hold the zone and probably too much so because by him doing that and trying to operate in such a small amount of space there, it gave Rodriguez the chance to steal the puck, go in on a breakaway, and score to make it 3-2. to two. And I just didn't want that to happen to Philip Heedle. He had too strong of a playoff run, even just to this point. He did a great job in the next two playoff rounds as well. Uh, but I didn't want that to, to kind of stick to Philip Heedle after he had been killing it for the Rangers in uh, the first six games of this series. In the third period, you know, it wasn't looking so good for the Rangers, but you know that you're just one chance away from potentially tying the game and forcing overtime or maybe even winning the game in regulation. Uh, you've got Andrew Kopp winning a puck battle, wanted the puck more than the Penguins did. He gets it over to Mika Zibanejad for a one-timer goal, which is 5.45 remaining. It's crazy because on the ice for the Rangers at this time were Mika Zibanejad, Andrew Kopp, and Alexi Lafreniere, who don't play together typically. Like, Mika's always on the top line, or that's how it was in the playoffs. Cop was always on the second line. Lafreniere was always on the third line, or predominantly on those lines that I just mentioned there. And you had those three on the ice at the same time. Another instance of Gerard Gallant just trusting his instincts, pushing the right buttons. He's juggling the lines with the Rangers facing elimination in Game 7 and less than six minutes to go, and it works. So uh, for anybody that wants to bash Gerard Gallant, I present to you Exhibit A right there, uh, going with a makeshift line and seeing that line come away with the uh, game-tying goal there when it was all on the line. And then, of course, we're in overtime. Keandre Miller forces a turnover uh, at the Ranger blue line. He's going strong to the net, a partial breakaway, and the Penguins have no choice but to take a penalty. I believe it was holding, which is what was called, and the Rangers go on the power play. Ranger top power play unit is out there for a long time in this overtime period. You get a play stoppage, and the Rangers very wisely use their timeout. They give all their top power play guys a breather. They can stay on for the rest of this power play. And then, of course, the heroics of Artemi Panarin. He's circling with the puck on the right side, kind of shakes the defender off of him. Moves it back to Adam Fox. Fox passes back to Panarin. Panarin's got some room, so he moves in up the right circle, takes a wrist shot and scores, and everybody goes crazy. You get Sam Rosen with the amazing call. Rangers, Rangers, Rangers win. It was awesome. Uh, it's really too bad that him and Joe Micheletti didn't get to do any more playoff games on TV together after this. You know they would have loved that opportunity to do so. And then, of course, we were stuck listening to that other network, um, but... Yeah, what a way to go out for Sam Rosen and Joe Micheletti. I don't think for Rosen anything will ever top. The waiting is over. The New York Rangers are the Stanley Cup champions, and this one will last a lifetime. But this one came pretty close. I mean, this has to be bare minimum top five Sam Rosen calls of all time. And that's saying a lot when you consider how long he's been doing this and how good of an announcer he's been for this Ranger team over the years. But, you know, from a personal standpoint, one of my all-time favorite Ranger wins as a fan of this team since 1994. I'm already getting excited for next season just talking about this. And I should also mention, you know, again, I considered Game 5 or Game 6 making this list over Game 7. But again, you know, the, those wins in Games 5 and Game 6, it just wouldn't carry the same weight if the Rangers didn't find a way uh, to get this win in Game 7 and eliminate the despised Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's funny because the Avalanche, as I'm recording this, we're less than 24 hours away from them winning the Stanley Cup. You've still got Penguin fans and Penguin reporters, like beat reporters for the Penguins. You know, the, the one guy's congratulating the Avalanche for winning the Cup, but then also saying things like, man, the Penguins, they might have been playing the Avalanche if it wasn't for that hit by Truba on Sidney Crosby. Now, I'll give you guys a second to, to get all the laughter out of your system, okay? Laugh it out. Laugh it out. Okay, have you recovered yet? Okay, good. Um, 
I, I probably sound like fairly common collected after saying such a hilarious statement, but I had to laugh for about five straight minutes when I read that tweet earlier this morning. I, I've collected myself since then. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got, I mean, this is a guy who's got tens of thousands of views who's just assuming that if Truba didn't hit Crosby, the Penguins would have just won the series against the Rangers and then breeze past the Canes, breeze past the Lightning, and at least competed with the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup final. And then you've got the Penguin fans to say, oh, man, if we had Tristan Jerry, da, da, da. that's the same guy that the Penguin fans were all trying to run out of town last year after the playoff series that he had against the New York Islanders. Now, apparently, he's their savior. Um, so it is what it is. Listen, Penguin fans are never going to accept the fact that they just got beat by a better team. They got beat by a team that was more clutch in the big spots, which is what the Rangers were in this playoff series. And that's fine. I mean, that's kind of just par for the course. I mean, me as a Ranger fan, there have been a lot of teams over these past however many years you want to go back, 20, 25 years, there's been a lot of teams that have won the Stanley Cup that I'm not particularly fond of. I would never point at like a Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup run or a Boston Bruins Stanley Cup run and say, oh, well, that doesn't count because this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. There's no easy way to win the Stanley Cup. There's no easy way to win a Stanley Cup playoff series. There's no easy way to win a Stanley Cup playoff game. At a certain point, if you get beat, you just got to tip your cap to the opposition. Sometimes a better team just beats uh, the other team, their opponent, and they advance. That's what the Rangers did. Down 3-1 to one in this series, coming storming back for the second time in a decade, mind you. Second straight time, the Rangers came back from three games to one to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in a playoff series. But just an awesome win for the Rangers. One of the uh, best, like I said, of my entire fandom. And hopefully you guys enjoyed that as well. We're going to have our episode in the future where I read all your stories as far as what you were doing, who you were with, and how you reacted to our Temi Panarin's Game 7 overtime winner. Really, really looking forward to that. We'll get to that one eventually. Uh, maybe in the some of the slower parts of the offseason. Although there aren't really any slow parts of the offseason in hockey. It's a very lively offseason for the NHL. It seems like there's always something going on. Uh, I figure we can call it there for today. The only other thing I want to mention real quick here, Chris Kreider underwent successful surgery to remove a small bone fragment from his wrist, and the timetable for recovery is two to four weeks. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in today's episode, perhaps, and uh, obviously maybe that's something that slowed him up at least a little bit in the playoffs. You know, he, he was kind of up and down throughout the playoff series, a little bit inconsistent, uh, but obviously, you know, scored some big goals, had some big moments as well. Uh, so we'll talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff in tomorrow's episode. I think what we'll also do in tomorrow's episode, we'll continue our off-season series of unrestricted free agency spotlight, and we'll point the spotlight at Frank Vitrano. Obviously, he made a really nice uh, impact for the New York Rangers when he was acquired by the team leading up to the trade deadline, and uh, we'll talk about how he did for the Rangers and if there's any chance if he'll be back in Ranger Blue next season. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com, and definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely make sure to subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.